Life Spring number 151. And then there were three. Hey, yeah. And how are you? Hey, welcome to Life Spring. I'm Steve Webb, your host, and this is where you'll hear the message of hope, love, and good news. It's good to have you here. Thank you for stopping by. Today, I've got a treat for you. Last weekend, I guess I guess now it's weekend before last, uh, when I was at the Podcast and New Media Expo, I had the opportunity to sit down with a friend of mine, a fellow podcaster, and an early member of the Godcast Network, of which I used to be a member, uh, someone that I think many of you know, a guy by the name of Rev Tim. Also joining me in the conversation was another podcaster who has become a friend and who's been a listener to the LifeSpring podcast for quite a long time now. And he also, by coincidence, used to attend the church that I now attend when he was just a boy, long before I went there. But Leanne, I, <laughs> I'm thinking Leanne maybe used to uh, teach him in Sunday school. I'm not quite sure about that, but uh, she's been teaching Sunday school at that cl- at that church for an awful long time. But uh, <laughs> anyway, he was also one of the producers of Poddenstein, which you heard on the LifeSpring show number 150 last week. His name is Mr. Jeff Roney. We were in the Orange County Podcasters booth, and uh, we were doing a show that went out live on TalkShoe. You know about TalkShoe? That's the one where um, they it, it's live. On the internets, people can call in, although we were not set up to take calls during the expo. But um, once the show is, 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 is done, then you can download the show as a podcast later on. So anyway, on, on this particular interview that I did or conversation that, that I had with Rev Tim and Jeff Roney, the, auto, the audio quality is not great, but I think you'll enjoy the conversation nonetheless. I chose the topic... Why bad things happen to good people for a couple of different reasons. Number one, because of the difficult month that my family had in September. And I'm not going to go over it here because you've heard about it on the last few shows. And also number two, because we were doing the show live on the expo floor. And this is a topic that lots of people are curious about. By the time our 30 minute show was over, we had gathered a a bit of a crowd around the booth, which shows that even in a decidedly non-Christian crowd, this is something that people are interested in. So I'm going to play the discussion for you. But uh, after the discussion, at the end of the show, I've got some other fun stuff to talk about. So stick around. But now, here are Rev Tim, Jeff Roney, and myself at the Podcast and New Media Expo in Ontario, California. Enjoy. And so I want to talk about the topic of why bad things happen to good people. Just mentioned a little bit ago to uh, David Jacobs, who was on the air just a little while ago, that this had happened. And he says, yeah, I've always wondered. He says, you know, I know, Steve, that, you know, you're, you're trying to do God's will, and then all of a sudden all these bad things happen. Why you? And uh, so that's always a topic that people that, that really struggle with the concept of God and whether there is a God, you know, why would God allow these things to happen? So, Tim, I'm going to throw it to you. What, what's your typical response when somebody asks you that? I know that you're a pastor, and, and uh, you've got a flock of your own in addition to the podcast. It, it's interesting to me because I think... Uh, I think what blows me away is how often it happens to good people. And it isn't related to the way they're living their life. Right. So there's some kind of a 
you know, you would usually associate, I did something bad, uh-huh. now something bad. And that's the people that have a concept of God like he's this big lightning bolt thrower from the sky. You know, right. that he's all about judgment and right. not about love, just out to get you. So if you, if you act good or if, you're, if you are good, then you're going to prosper, you're going to get the raise at work. I really feel like that's part of the capitalistic mentality that we have on uh, uh, just in this country because you're rewarded for the good things that you do. Right. So what happens, I think, the first thing that people wonder what, when something bad happens is, what did I do wrong? Uh-huh. And uh, that's uh, one of the first things is I try to reassure them that this has nothing to do with the way you're, I mean, the way you're living your life. Of course, there could be consequences because of choices, but I'm talking about someone that might come down with like breast cancer or have their tools stolen out of their car that was sitting in their driveway locked up, right. totally, you know, legitimate kind of thing. Right. Um, uh, and it really does. I think the first thing to, that I like to do is just assure them that God hasn't forgotten about them and that God still loves them and to reassure them that... Um, uh, God's plan for their life hasn't stopped because their circumstances stopped. Right. So um, I think it's a human thing that we try to associate. We try to make patterns. I mean, that's a human thing. We do. We, we, tr- we always try to look at cause and effect. Well, a bad thing happened, so what caused that? Yeah. And so um, when people are told that, that God is a loving God, well, a- as a parent... I want to do everything that I can to protect my children. Absolutely. If I see a car coming down the road and I have a little tiny kid, I'm going to go grab that kid out of the street if he's in the middle of the street. And so people have the, the thought that, well, God should always do that for us. Yeah. Get us out of the way of that oncoming train. And it doesn't happen that way all the time. No. Sometimes it does, though. Sometimes, Sometimes God does. will help you in a situation that uh, you have to, you know, basically it was out of your control somehow God will show up and help you. But we don't, we don't make that decision for God. That's correct. And that's Absolutely. what's difficult, I think, for people. Right, right. Jeff, what are your ideas on that? Well, uh, the Bible is pretty clear. It says uh, rain falls on the just and the unjust. Um, in Proverbs, but what it says... Does that, what does that mean to people that might not well, understand what that, that means? trouble happens to everybody. Okay. It just doesn't, you know, pick certain people uh, for trouble. Uh, okay. Proverbs is very clear. It says man is born into trouble. So that whether you're going to heaven or you choose not to believe in God or have any type of belief system, trouble's coming your way. Yeah. How do you deal with it? Yeah. What's actually very interesting is Job was chosen because he was good. Yeah. Now, let's kind of wrap our brain about that for a while. And Job was a guy a lot of people know about in the Old Testament that... Uh, all of a sudden, one day, one day, basically God gave, if you read it in the Bible, God gave Satan permission to remove a bunch of stuff that Satan thought that's why he was good, because he had all this stuff. Right. Because God had put a hedge around him. Yeah. Satan said, God, of course Job loves you. You put this hedge around exactly. him. Look how blessed he is. Take that stuff away, God, and I'll bet he'll curse you. Right. That's right. what Satan said. Yep. And we all know that that didn't happen, but right. go ahead with your... But it was just, it, it's interesting that, that um, in, in that case, I mean, I, I would have loved to have kind of sat around that, that discussion. 
uh, of you oh, know yeah. uh, Satan approaching God. First of all, had to have <laughs> approval to do so, yep. and then start to say, "Now, now, listen. I've been looking around the planet, and I found this guy. Now, I'll bet you, if you let me touch him, he's going to curse you to your face." And God goes, "Well, I'll tell you what. I'll let you go this far." And then, of course, there's a couple of different levels that he allowed. Right. But then, in the end, God. Uh, blessed him more than what he had at the beginning yeah. because he passed that difficult trial test. Yeah. And I think all these difficulties that happen in our life, whether it's financial, whether it's loss, whether it's pain, that there is a growth in our life that we can lean on God to help us get stronger, understand, maybe not even understand. Sometimes we don't. But there's a growth. And I think growth is a key term because Mm -hmm. God really is way more concerned about your character than your circumstances. Absolutely. And so when uh, God's idea is to have you come closer to him and to, uh, you know, to know God and to make him known and to uh, somehow have him show up in your life in a variety of circumstances. So it really is a journey that we're on. And just like you would maybe take a hike on a journey and, and go across a mountain, a lot of the path is really, really fun and easy and beautiful, but sometimes you get into some scary situations, some dangerous situations, or uh, some unpredictable times. I used to do a lot of backpacking when I was a kid, yeah. you know, a teenager, uh, early 20s, when I was in much better shape than I am now. <laughs> but I used to think, you know, I was on a trip one time that I had a 70-pound pack. And when we were taken off, I was going from an elevation of about 6,000 feet. And in that, in that, by the end of the day, I was at an elevation of uh, about 10,500. So that's a lot of uphill with 70 pounds on your back. And 10,000, the air is starting to thin out quite a it, bit. It, yes, it was difficult. And yeah, I, you know, I lived at, at um, sea level. And I did that, tr- that trip before I was uh, acclimated, acclimated to the elevation. But climbing up that hill, I thought, what a great parallel between this and life. Even yeah. at that young age, it, I was, I think, 21 at that, on that trip. I had already experienced some, some very difficult loss. And, and I thought, what a great parallel. And, and what great sermon material if God ever made me a, a preacher. <laughs> Which you're not. No, I'm not a preacher. <laughs> no. Uh, Even though you've been accused of well, it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but... Uh, so, yeah, I mean, life, I mean, we just have things happen. And I think one thing that a lot of people forget is that the life that we're living right now is not the life that God had in, uh, initially intended for us. God, although he knew the fall was going to happen yeah. with Adam and Eve, that's not, this is not the world that he had initially wanted us to be living in. No, that's true. Right. We're living in a, in a cursed world yeah. that is groaning, anticipating his return. And so we all have to go through those rainy days that Jeff alluded to. We all have those things happen. Exactly. Um, I have been actually uh, preaching a series of messages called Fearless. And last week we talked about uh, in the uh, Old Testament uh, book of Daniel, talks about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who um, were was basically... They were supposed to worship this 90-foot statue of a king. Right. And uh, their reaction was really interesting because uh, they, they didn't do it. The king said, you, you can have one more chance to do this. 
and then they said, we don't need to have one more chance. We already know what our decision is. Right. It's going to be no. And uh, the king said, basically, okay, we're going to burn you alive. And they said, you can do that. And we're willing to even go through that. Right. Uh, we know that either God is going to deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we're still going to serve him no matter what. In other words, you take the, the trust in God factor in, in, and put it into your life. And then what happens is, no matter what comes at you, you have already made up your mind ahead of time uh, so that when the bad things do happen, you have already chosen that you're not going to abandon God first. Exactly. You know. Right. That's one of the things that I talk about a lot is, and I got that from Henry Blackaby with Experiencing God. You know, you decide in the beginning that no matter what God asks you to do, the answer is yes. Right. And it makes it that much, so much easier when a crisis comes up. Okay, but how do you, now how do you get there? You don't get there by just reading a book, I know that. Because I've read a lot of books, and believe me, I I wish I was the person that all those books told me I'm supposed to be. Right, right. So how do you get there? Well, you know, that's something that I think, at least in my case, God has taken me in a lot of little baby steps. Yeah. And he's always, every time, shown himself to be faithful. Um, that major loss that I talked about when I was very young, uh, I was 16 and, and I had someone close to me die. And I was a brand new Christian. I mean, I was a brand new Christian. And there were literally, because this person was very well known, there were literally thousands and thousands of people praying for this person. And she died anyway. And that was a huge crisis of faith for me. Sure. Um, I didn't stop believing in God at the time, but I stopped believing in prayer. Mm-hmm. And it was years before I prayed again mm-hmm. until f- God finally brought me to the place where I knew that there was something extremely important missing in my relationship with him. I was holding back, yeah. and it was, a, it was a trust thing. But because of people that he had brought into my life that were godly people, that were people that did uh, demonstrate how to live um, a trusting life, yeah. I said, okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you another chance. <laughs> and wow. um, he's been faithful. He's taken me through difficult times, and I, even when I've turned my back on him, I've had times where I just flat said, you know what, I'm done with this, I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. But uh, he brings me to the point where I realize that I can't do it on my own. I can't make it on my own. There's no way. I, every time I try to take control, I mess it up. And he's right there when I decide to come back to him to forgive. And, and the way he demonstrates that forgiveness is through other people. Right. And I think that's so important that we need to, to demonstrate to the people around us is, is God's love, God's acceptance, the fact that you know, God paid a tremendous price to be able to have that relationship with us. And so I learned to trust him through what I've seen in other people what he's done in my life, how he's delivered me from things. And it's one step at a time. And I I think that's a a key thing there, too. Because we all know people that it seems like maybe maybe they've uh, followed Christ longer or they seem more mature or they got it together. We ought to seek out people like that to mentor us. Yep. And then also, just like the Bible says, if we suffered anything or gone through something, Perhaps we've learned something, and we can show that to someone else. So we ought to always be looking uh, 
for that mentor in our life as well as someone to mentor because someone is yes. also newer in the faith or newer, maybe even in, in, they don't even have a faith, but we could model that to them uh, right. so that when something bad does happen to them, uh, we ought to take a hold of the opportunity and be able to, you know, share God's love with them. Yep. It's difficult to do this uh, hand thing and not be seen. You guys should see me. <laughs> well, Tim's a very animated speaker. <laughs> yeah. What I think is interesting is uh, Steve mentioned steps. And, uh, you know, when Jesus told Peter, you know, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. Sure. What, what I think is interesting is old Peter had automatic mouth. Yep. He said a lot of things. He had a lot of passionate just words that just will come out. Sometimes Jesus will go, that's right. It, actually, you said something you that was it. right. right. Wow. <laughs> but a lot of times it was just out of anger or whatever. Sure. But through the process of, you know, a failing Christ, denying him three times, failing over and over, there's that really that great story of the end of it when Jesus met him on the shore. Yeah. and prepared those fish on the coals. Yeah. Yep. So when Peter looked down, he saw the coals. He probably remembered the fire oh, sure. with the little servant girl <laughs> when he denied him three times. Right. And then also the fish when Jesus said, I'm going to make you fishes of men. Absolutely. And all that came together and Jesus said, okay, do you love me? Well, of course. You know I do. And then he goes, okay, now you're ready. Now you're ready for the thing I told you you're going to do. Right. But there's a process of learning and steps. And I think that happens of, about trust in God. You know, it's, it's difficult. It's really, I mean, think about it. As a human being, trusting in an unseen being, yep. person, right. yeah. it's, it's, it's hard to understand that. But through the steps of learning, that's why we get there. That's good. Yeah, yeah. right. One good thing work. that I think we tend to do is we know what kind of person we're supposed to be. And we know that we're not that person and we get so disappointed in ourselves or we let the enemy attack us when in essence we're still that that clay on the potter's wheel and the potter is still throwing the pot still forming us yes still stretching and kneading and pushing and yes. sometimes taking the whole thing apart and starting over again we uh we're not the finished product yet but it's, it's a process that he takes us through. And some of the things that he, he uses to make us stronger are the difficult things that happen in life. You know, I asked uh, one time when we were in a small group study, and there's this man that was uh, 83 years old in our small group. And I looked at him and I said, uh, tell me, uh, when it comes to these trials or these difficult times in life, does it get any easier at all, you know, as you go on? And I, I honestly expected him to say, it really does. But he said, no. Every crisis stands on its own. Yeah. You, you do gain experience, and you, you know how to maybe manage that better by bringing people around you or, or beginning to pray first or faster or uh, go to certain Bible verses that encourage you. Lots of things that you can do to strengthen your faith in that time. Right. He said, but to be honest with you, when you hear bad news or when something bad, he had just been diagnosed with cancer. He said, he said, uh, it's not any easier, but you, it comes back to that trust thing. 
he said, you don't really trust God less, you trust him more. Mm-hmm. So the more that you have trusted God, the more that you will. Yeah. And you, also the more I think you realize that these bad things uh, could happen to anyone. You know? Of course. So, of course. Yeah. Right. And I think, you know, he, he, God is gracious. God knows what each one of us can take. He knows what each one of us needs. And when someone is, is young in the faith, I think he, he takes us through some kindergarten classes. And at the time, they seem like big, difficult things to, to surmount. You, you take a kindergartner and you say, I want you to write your name, and that's a difficult thing for a kindergartner. Exactly. But now, I mean, somebody, you know, you just write it, you don't think about it. Yeah. So the lessons that we're learning as we go through life, they, they're always hard. But it's in relation to where we're at in our walk. It is. And, and again, God is so gracious, and he knows us so well. I mean... He designed us. He's our creator. We are fearfully and wonderfully made by his own hand. And he knows exactly what we need to strengthen us and, and bring things into our life. Absolutely. And there's a man right there, Steve, who, who knows a little bit about that. He's had some difficulties happen to him in the last few years. But he trusts God. He knows God. He loves God. And he doesn't doubt God. So, Stephen Don, check it out. StephenDon.com. <laughs> Is that right? StephenDawn.com? Stephen Dawn. D-A-W-N. StephenDawn.com. Right. They're, they're a wonderful couple from Northern California, from the High Sierra. Oh. So, anyway. So uh, what else do you think about the uh, whole difficult thing in good people? Well, what's, what's interesting is I think you're alluding to the fact that it happens to anybody. And even people that don't believe in God, bad things happen to them, too. Yes. So, right. normally with that kind of idea of, you know, God is in heavens with a big fireball throwing things down, just, you know, smiting people, the tough times happen to everybody. Yeah. It's how you react. What do you do? Job's wife wasn't the best counsel. So I'm going to ask you guys, who, who do you talk to when tough things happen? And what, what do you do? Is there a scripture that you read or how do you kind of deal with things like that. I'll let you go first, Tim. Well, a couple of things for me. Um, I've got uh, other pastor friends in my life that are basically not just accountability, but true friends that I can just call up on the phone and say that are outside. It, it's strange with a pastor because usually you don't have, especially there are some things that you compartmentalize as far as discussing personal issues or things that you're going through with church members and things. Right. There's a whole dynamic there. Of course. So it's good to have that outside resource. Um, uh, so I have that network, which is very helpful to me, and I really appreciate. And I do have a, a scripture verse, especially, that I've really based my life on, and it's based on, on hope. And, of course, becoming a fully devo- devoted follower of Christ, uh, that is so important, but... It goes back to this verse that I have, Jeremiah 29, 11. And that verse says, um, it's God speaking and saying, for I know the plans that I have for you, and that's for hope and not disaster, which I love those not disaster Amen. two words. Yep. And it's to give you a hope and a future. Yep. To, to give, in other words, God does not want, he didn't create you to fail. He created you to succeed, to have your, his plan fulfilled in your life. And so in knowing that, it really centers me a lot when things happen. And uh, believe me, I, you know, there are a lot of pressures on, on uh, 
uh, a pastor's life. Uh, in fact, they say psychologists say they have the number one the number one breakdown, nervous breakdown of, of people is in the ministry, which is amazing to me. But I, I'm not surprised. But uh, when I hear that, I say, okay, so I better I, I better make sure I'm not one of those statistics, you know. Exactly. And verses like that, and people like my good friends really help that. And my my wife is also huge. She's my best friend. She loves the Lord, loves me. We've been through thick and thin together, and that is a huge factor in helping me to uh, gain my perspective back when I start looking away from where I need to be looking. Mm-hmm. And so Great. I guess that would be yeah. what I would say. Very good. And I would agree with, uh, with what you're saying as far as that verse. I mean, that's one of my favorite life verses as well. Yeah. But also in the New Testament where it says that um, all things will work together for the good of those that, that love God and are called according to his purpose. And those go together. One of the great things about the, the Jeremiah verse that I love so much is that there is a wonderful picture of a loving God even in the Old Testament. You know, you, you, you talked about right. people thinking about God as being, you know, this, 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 you know, guy that's just waiting to catch you doing something wrong and hit you with a club. And they get that from some of the, the judgments that happen in the Old Testament. But, um, you know, I've been reading through the Bible this year, and there are so many places where the Old Testament demonstrates God's love and God's mercy and God's forgiveness, even in the Old Testament. He's not a guy that's waiting up there to to crush us. So many times the children of Israel would would be delivered from God, and then they would turn right around and and betray him and, and, and worship other idols. But as soon as they decided they, they, they had messed up and they come back to God, he's right there to forgive them. Right. He did that countless times and countless times. And the God of the Old Testament is no more judgmental than, than the God of the New Testament. Yeah. He's the same today, same. yesterday, and tomorrow. And you're not a preacher? <laughs> there you go. You keep going that way. I can't help I it. Know. Wow. That's cool. But I also have good, uh, loving, trusting friends that I go to, too, uh, when things are, are difficult. Um, with this last month, when the first thing happened with my dad and, and uh, I needed prayer, I, there was about a half a dozen people that uh, I sent emails to and I phoned and I said, you know, please you know, pray for my dad and pray for the family, etc., uh, what's interesting is, is a couple of them I've known since I was a little bitty kid, and they've gone through all of my ups and downs. They know every part about me, but also a couple of them were um, people that have uh, that are listeners that I've developed a relationship with through the show. You know, people that, that email and then we've you know had phone calls and, and met in person, and so that's another great thing about this this wonderful medium that we're you know all a part of is, sure. is we've got some great people uh, that we have our relationships with but it's important like you said Tim to, to have people that know all of your warts and love you anyway and you can go to when you say you know I've really got a problem here and they're going to love you and support you and pray for you and you know and you, that they will pray for you Absolutely. a lot of people just say yeah I'll pray but you know they forget yeah. about it but uh, yeah and so there's that so Jeff what about you well um, I would agree with, with that as well um, but to me um, I know that when when I can't fix a situation that's when I have to force myself to sit back and say okay God it's your turn now yep. because it, it, it's interesting that God will come when there's no other way out 
Yeah. When there's no other possibility right. for any type of other rope, there's only yeah. one rope. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm approaching the cliff, yeah. and i got to grab the rope. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've heard of people at the end of their marriage, at a financial loss, um, uh, th- their kids are just in crime or drugs or something like that, or uh, they're, they're in a broken relationship of another kind. Uh, they've never felt any love from their fathers mm-hmm. or never held, ha- heard an affirming word from them. All of those situations would cause a person many times to say, my life sucks, really. Yeah. My life is terrible. My life is, uh, uh, bad things are happening to me. Yeah. But when they actually see the loving father, when they, they get it, when they click that, that God was not there to just cause failure in their life, uh, that, that he's really there to give them uh, a, a brand new perspective, a brand new life, a brand new life. It really is. Yes. The Bible talks about that. Yeah. And uh, when they get that and they embrace it, uh, the next thing they do is they begin to talk about the change that their life has been. They're no longer thinking about suicide or lack of self-worth or that they're a loser or that they're never going to make it. But they really do have hope that's introduced into their life. And it's all based upon that they have now acknowledged that a God that created them and loved them so much uh, actually made a way for them to get, be, be close to him. Right. And that was through the Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, That's and right. embracing that relationship, then it all switches. You don't start thinking about God as just hurting you, but you think of God as loving you. And there's a huge difference. Huge difference. And something you mentioned there earlier uh, in, your, in your statement was something that I had a difficult time with in learning to trust God is um, my, my dad was not a loving kind of a guy. And so to begin to understand that God is a, is a loving God, he's a loving father, and he cares and that he's involved, um, what, a, what a great revelation. And it, it, again, it's taken time to, to learn that and accept it. But, but if a person will just open their heart and begin to just trust a little bit, God will demonstrate, God will show that, okay, you can, you can trust me that much. How about a little bit more and a little bit more? And so... That's all part of it. it. That's why it's called a relationship with that's God. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Once the relationship starts and you get it that it's a relationship, it all changes. Because now the relationship can be built over time. Right. It's not just I'm doing bad. You know, God didn't come to make, I've heard this a lot, God didn't come to make bad people good. He made, came to make dead people live. Yeah. And actually good. to live a, an abundant life with Him. Yeah. So... Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a wonderful experience when you finally understand it. Right. Read a little bit more of the Bible and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I think our time is up. I don't know who's up. Are you up next? Okay. All right. So, all right. I want to thank Rev Tim for being with me today. Thank God you so much. God bless you, my brother. Appreciate you. Jeff, thank you for being with me today. Thank you. And I'm Steve Webb with the LifeSpring Family Podcast at LifeSpringPodcast.com. And uh, Rev Tim, what is your URL? Your Just go to RevTim.com. Or you can even Google Rev Tim and, and click I'm Feeling Lucky. Okay. <laughs> You'll go right, right directly to the, to the site. Excellent. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. God bless you. Take care. So once more, you can find Rev Tim at RevTim.com and Jeff Roney Productions at JRDOnline.com, where Jeff has several projects you should check out. Thanks, guys, for the great conversation. Okay, here's an email that I got from a listener. 
Steve, I've never disagreed with anything you've said on a podcast enough that I wanted to say something about it to you. But in Lifespring number 146, the podcast dealing with spousal abuse, you said something that I'd like to discuss with you. Let me play the clip for you guys so you can hear what it is that uh, Steve wants to discuss. Guys, there is never, never, never a reason to hit a woman. Never. In the rare circumstance that self-defense is called for, what you do is you get out of there. Remove yourself. A man does not hit a woman. If you feel the urge to do violence against your wife, get out of there and get professional help, preferably Christian. Never be so weak as to succumb to the temptation to hit her. Never. You know, the mood, the tone, the atmosphere in your house is your responsibility. If you want peace and calm, it's up to you to create it. If you have strife and nagging, it's because you're not the man you should be. It's on your shoulders. If you don't seem to be able to get it together, there's nothing shameful about getting help to learn the skills. You didn't grow up just knowing how to balance a ledger or how to swing a hammer or how to put together a business plan. Somebody taught you. Same with being a husband and father. It's a set of skills that can be learned. Be a man and step up if needed. There's no shame. The shame is in victimizing your loved ones. And you know it. Okay, the part that uh, Steve, the writer here, wants to talk about is where I talked about the fact that it's the man's responsibility about the mood, the tone, the atmosphere, etc. in the house. Okay, Steve continues. He says, I don't know if you really meant what you said or if your abhorrence of spousal abuse led you to overstate what you really believe. Your words would indicate that the woman has no responsibility for the mood, tone, or atmosphere in a home. The wife has no responsibility whatsoever if there's a lack of peace or calm in the home. If she chooses to nag, yell, berate, humiliate, call names, swear at, or even resort to physical violence herself, her choices regarding her verbal behavior and or her physical behavior is not her responsibility, but her husband's responsibility. Do you really believe that? Steve asks. All right. The context of my statement was in relation to spousal abuse, was in relation to men hitting women, men bringing violence against their wives. What I was talking about in that situation is that the man has no excuse at all for hitting the woman. Never. Now, when I said that the, the mood in the house is the responsibility of the man, I believe that when all other things are equal. In other words, when both people are mentally healthy and spiritually healthy. I'm talking about a situation where you've got two normal, balanced human beings. There are times, and I realize that sometimes someone is unbalanced and there's nothing that you can do to make things right. It's beyond your control. If there's mental illness, if there's uh, a spiritual condition that makes them unbalanced, then no. I mean, then it's not your responsibility. You need to pray for them. You need to get them help if, if possible. Sometimes that's not possible. But when I said that it's the man's responsibility, I was referring to the uh, situation where both people are in relatively good mental and spiritual condition. So if I wasn't clear there, if I caused some confusion or heartache, please forgive me that I didn't mean to 
imply that when you're in a situation where one of the spouses is unbalanced, that uh, the balanced person can make it right by themselves. All right, now for some fun. I saw this recently on the internet and I thought it would be kind of fun. This is uh, The Theology of Children. Basically what this is, these are just little uh, little letters that children have written to God. Dear God, thank you for the baby brother, but what I asked for was a puppy. I never asked for anything before. You can look it up. And that was Joyce. Another one says, Dear Mr. God, I wish you would not make it so easy for people to come apart. I had to have three stitches and a shot. <laughs> that was Janet. Denise says, Dear God, if we come back as somebody else, please don't make me come back as Jennifer Horton, because I hate her. <laughs> Mary says, Dear God, I didn't think orange went with purple until I saw the sunset you made on Tuesday night. That was really cool. Isn't that a good one? Ah, I love that one. Charlene says, Dear God, how did you know you were God? Who told you? <laughs> this one says, Dear God, is it true my father won't get in heaven if he uses his golf words in the house? <laughs> Mommy must have told him that. Oh, that was Anita. Nan says, Dear God, I bet it's very hard for you to love all of everybody in the whole world. There are only four people in our family and I can never do it. <laughs> must have a little brother. This one says, Dear God, did you really mean do unto others as they do unto you? Did you get that? Do unto others as they do unto you. <laughs> he continues, he says, if you did, then I'm going to get even with my brother. <laughs> That's Darla. Glenn says, Dear God, I like the story about Noah, the best of all of them. You really made up some good ones. <laughs> I like walking on water, too. Uh, let's see. Dennis says, Dear God, my grandpa says you were around when he was a little boy. How far back do you go? <laughs> mm, let's see. This is cute. Dear God, did you mean for giraffes to look like that or was it an accident? <laughs> Dear God, in Bible times, did they really talk that fancy? <laughs> that was Jen. This one must have been written in winter. Dear God, I keep waiting for spring, but it never did come yet. What's up? Don't forget. <laughs> Jeff said, Dear God, it is great the way you always get the stars in the right place. Why can't you do that with a moon? <laughs> Frank says, Dear God, I'm doing the best I can. Really? And then lastly, this is the cutest one. This is my favorite one. Barbara says, Dear God, if you watch in church on Sunday, I'll show you my new shoes. <laughs> That's the only place he's at, I guess. And this one is just sort of a free commercial. It's not paid or anything like that. But um, this last, as you know, a couple of weeks ago, all my tools got stolen out of the back of my van as the van was parked overnight in the driveway. And I had to have some new things, some new tools made quickly. Well, Carrie Crocker, an artist that I played on the show before, I think I played her last week or maybe the week before on the show, her father owns a machine shop in Texarkana, Texas. Uh, the name of the company is Texarkana Machine. You can find them at texarkanamachine.com. And I'm doing this because they gave me just a really quick turnaround on making some tools for me. Her husband, Randy, did a fantastic job making the tools. And because they did such a fine job and because they did it so quickly and they were just so gracious to kind of 
squeeze the job in amongst a lot of other busyness that they had. I just wanted to um, say that if you ever have any kind of machine shop need, if you need tools made or parts or anything like that, give those guys out at Texarkana Machine. Uh, dot com a, a, a try. They do some excellent, excellent work. I've had the tools that I had made. I've had them made by a couple of different companies over the years, and I was not particularly happy with the result that I got. So I tried them out at Texarkana Machine, and they did a fantastic job. So if you have any need for having any parts made, give them a try. That was uh, Carrie Crocker. Her dad owns the company, and uh, I really just encourage you to go on by there and uh, give them some business if you need any kind of work like that at all. I'd like to encourage you to go over to LifeSpring.tv, too, and check that out. I've been very busy on a new project over there, and I'll be uploading some new episodes of the new video podcast I'm doing very soon. As some of you already know, I put a uh, video of the worship service that we had at the Expo up there already, and we put the videos of the church sermons that we have at my church every Sunday. We stream them live, and then it goes up there recorded as soon as the service is over. But check that out. I've got some new stuff going on over there. And you can also subscribe to Lifespring.tv at the iTunes Music Store. And then last but not least, certainly not least, a good friend of mine by the name of James Cooper. He's been a listener for an awful long time, and he worked on the LifeSpring Advent Calendar podcast with me this last Christmas. James has been sick now for several weeks, and um, I would just like you to uh, lift James up in prayer that uh, God would just bring uh, a healing and strength to James and that he'd be getting back on his feet very quickly. He's a great guy, and uh, he just is is a good friend and i would just ask you to pray for james cooper keep him in prayer until i tell you otherwise as always to contact me you can email me at steve.lifespring at gmail.com and better than that i've got a toll-free listener comment line i'd love for you to call the number is 888 888- Four three three nine zero nine one. I'd love to hear from you. Next week, we're going to be doing an Ask Steve segment. And if you have any questions you'd like to ask me, whether it's uh, uh, doctrinal things or, or life situations, what have you, send in or call in your question. Hey, why don't you stop by LifespringPodcast.com and check out the other shows in the LifeSpring Family Podcasts. And if you haven't listened to the other shows, I encourage you to do that. Also, tell a friend about the LifeSpring Family Podcasts. Remember that Jesus said, Whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter your age, your sex, or your station in life. Jesus asks you this, Who do you say that I am? Life springs about answering that question and the question of how and why the answer can and does affect your life today. Thanks again for sharing your day with me. Until next time. May God bless you richly. I'm Steve Webb. This has been an In Touch Productions podcast. The best and the brightest served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, Podshow and Limelight. 